These children that come at you with knives, they are your children. You taught them. I didn't teach them. I just tried to help them stand up. Most of the people at the ranch that you call the family were just people that you did not want. I know this, that in your hearts and in your souls, you are as much responsible for the Vietnam War as I am for killing these people. I can't judge any of you. I have no malice against you and no ribbons for you. But I think that it is high time that you all start looking at yourselves and judging the lie that you live in. My father is the jailhouse. My father is your system. I am only what you made me. I am only a reflection of you. You want to kill me? Ha! I am already dead. Have been all my life. I've spent 23 years in the tombs that you have built. This was Charles Manson, and this is the good, the bad, and the pure evil. So Charles Manson was born November 12, 1934, to 15-year-old Kathleen Maddox in Cincinnati. His biological father seems to be a man called Colonel Walker Henderson Scott Sr. of Kentucky. Kathleen filed a paternity suit against him, which was agreed in 1937. Colonel worked on and off in local mills and had the rumours of being a con artist. Kathleen believed he was an army colonel, which he didn't correct, but truth is his name was Colonel and nothing army related. When Kathleen told him she was pregnant, he came up with a story of being called away on army duties. After months of him away, Kathleen realised he wasn't coming back. August 1934, Kathleen married William Eugene Manson, a dry clean worker. Kathleen went on a drink benders with her brother, Luther, leaving Manson with many babysitters. Kathleen divorced William in April 1937 after William alleged gross neglect of duty by Kathleen. By August 1st, 1939, Kathleen was arrested with her brother after an assault and robbery. Kathleen was sentenced to five years. Manson was placed with his aunt and uncle in West Virginia. In 1942, Kathleen was paroled. The first few weeks of this, Manson said, was the happiest time of his life. The family then moved to Charleston, West Virginia, but things soon soured when Kathleen started drinking again and Manson started skipping school. After Kathleen was arrested for grand larceny, but not convicted, the family then moved to Indianapolis. Kathleen met an alcoholic in AA called Lewis, and they married in 1943. Manson claims at age nine he set his school on fire. He got in trouble for skipping school and petty theft. In 1947, foster home places were lacking. So at 13, Manson was placed in the Gilbert School for Boys, a school for male delinquents run by Catholic priests. The school was strict, punishing for the smallest incidents with brutal beatings. Manson would run away, sleeping in the woods, under bridges, or wherever he could find shelter. He ran home to his mother, spending Christmas 1947 at his aunt's and uncle's. His mother took him back to the boys' school, and ten months later, he ran away to Indianapolis. In 1948, he committed his first known crime, a robbery of a grocery store. While robbing the store for food, he found a cigar box with money in it, so he took it. 
He used the money to rent a room on Skids Row, Indianapolis and bought food. Manson delivered for Western Union for a time to try a crime-free life, but quickly went back to petty theft. In 1949, he was caught, and a judge showed pity on him and sent him to Boys Town, a juvenile facility in Nebraska. Four days at Boys Town, Manson and a student, Blackie Nielsen, got a gun and a stole a car. They headed for Blackie's uncle's home in Illinois, committing two armed robberies on their way. Blackie's uncle was a professional thief, and when the boys arrived, it's alleged the uncle took them as apprentices. Two weeks later, Manson was arrested during a nighttime raid on a store. From investigations, he was linked to two earlier armed robberies. He was sent to the strict reform school, Indiana Boys School. In this school, Manson claimed he was raped by other students with the encouragement of staff members. He also claimed he was repeatedly beaten. He ran away 18 times in the school and he tried to develop a self-defense technique he called the insane game. If he was unable to fight back, he started to screech, wave his arms trying to convince those beating him he was crazy. February 1951, he and two others escaped. The three stole cars and were heading to California. They were robbing a filling station when arrested in Utah. This time Manson was sent to Washington DC's National Training School for Boys. When he got there, his aptitude test showed he was illiterate with an above average IQ of 109. The caseworker of Manson would deem him aggressively antisocial. A psychiatrist had moved Manson in October 1951 to Natural, Natural Bridge Honor Camp, which is a minimum security institution. His aunt would visit, offering a place for Manson to stay, and she would help him find work. January 1952, before a parole hearing, Manson was caught raping a boy at knife point. Manson would be moved to the Federal Reformatory in Virginia. Here he committed eight more serious disciplinary offences, three involving homosexual acts. He was moved to a maximum security reformatory in, in Ohio. He was released in May 1954 to live with his aunt and uncle. January 1955, Manson married Rosalie Jean Willis, a hospital waitress. In October 1955, Manson and Rosalie, now pregnant, were in LA. He stole a car, got caught and charged with a federal crime. A psychiatric evaluation would have him get five years probation. But failure to appear at the LA hearing for an identical charge filed in Florida resulted in an arrest in Indianapolis in March 1956. His probation was revoked and he was sentenced to three years at Terminal Island. Rosalie had a son, Charles Jr., while Manson was inside. In his first year inside, visitors were his mother and Rosalie, who were living together in LA. But in 1957, only his mother was visiting and she would tell Manson that Rosalie was now living with another man. Two weeks later, just before parole hearing, Manson tried to steal a car to escape. He was given five years probation and parole denied. September 1958, Manson got five years parole, and that same year, Rosalie received the decree of divorce. In November 1958, Manson was pimping a 16-year-old girl and getting money from another with rich parents. 
September 1959, Manson pleaded guilty to a charge of cashing a forged U.S. Treasury check. He claimed he stole it from a mailbox and later this charge would be dropped. Manson got a 10-year suspended sentence and probation after a woman called Leona, who had a prostitution record, pleaded or more begged for Manson to be freed, telling the court that they were madly in love and would marry if he was freed. By year's end, Leona and Manson were married, possibly to protect Manson, as she couldn't testify against him with spousal privilege. So Manson, Leona and another woman went to New Mexico for prostitution reasons. This had Manson held in question for violating the Mann Act, which was related to a, a felony charge transporting any female for the purpose of prostitution or immoral purposes. Now Manson was released but had a feeling investigations weren't over yet, and he was right. He did a vanishing act which violated his prohibition, so a bench warrant was issued. April 1960 an indictment for the violation happened. One of the women would be arrested for prostitution, and this led to Manson being arrested in the June in Texas and he was returned to LA for violating probation on the check charge he was given 10 years. For a year he appealed but didn't work. In July 1961 he was moved to the US Penitentiary at McNeil Island. Here he learned guitar from Alvin Creepy Carpis, the leader of the Baker Carpis gang. Another inmate gave Manson contact to Phil Craftman in Universal Studios. The Man Act charge was dropped but the Treasury check was still a federal offence. September 1961 was Manson's annual review, which noted he had, quote, a tremendous drive to call attention to himself, end quote. This would be said again in September 1964. The Leona woman divorced him in 1963, during which he made mention of his son, Charles Luther. June 1966, Manson was sent again to Terminal Island to prepare for early release. His release date was March 21st, 1967. At this point, he had spent over half of his 32 years living either in prisons or institutions. This was because he broke federal laws, which carry more serious sentences. Manson would ask to stay in prison, telling the police it had become his home, but he was still released. He moved to Berkeley, which could have been a parole violation, but when he called the San Francisco Probation Office, he was moved to the supervision of Federal Probation Officer Roger Smith. Smith worked at the Height Ashbur Free Medical Clinic or HAFMC until spring 1968, which Manson and his cult family frequented. Roger and HAFMC's founder David Smith would get funding from National Institutes of Health to study the effects of drugs such as LSD on the counterculture movement in the area. The patients included Manson and his group becoming su subjects to the research regularly seeing Roger Smith. Smith gave Manson permission to move from Berkeley to Height Ashbur district. Manson would use LSD a lot at this time. David Smith would observe Manson's personality changing, noting it was the most abrupt he had ever seen. 
Summer of Love would inspire Manson to preach his own ideas and thinkings. Quickly, he gathered a following. Manson's first follower was librarian Mary Bruner. He convinced Mary to let him stay at her house for a few days, which quickly became permanent. He then met runaway teen Squeaky or Lynette Fromm and convinced her to live with him and Bruner. Soon, Manson was attracting crowds of listeners and some would become his followers. He wanted people emotionally insecure and social outcasts, those easily manipulated. David Smith's book, Love Needs Care, claimed Manson reprogrammed his followers' minds to, quote, submit totally to his will, end quote. He did this by using LSD and unconventional sexual practices that, according to Smith, turned them into, quote, empty vessels that would accept anything he poured, end quote. One of Manson's family cult members, Paul Watkins, would later testify Manson encouraged the group to take LSD, but Manson took a lower dose to keep control. By end of April 1968, Manson had about 20 followers. The main members include Charles Tex Watson, Bobby Bosley, Mary Bruner, Susan Atkins, Linda Casabian, Patricia Krenwinkel, and Leslie Von Houghton. Supervised by Roger Smith, Manson grew his family with drugs and prostitution. July 31st, 1967, Manson was arrested for trying to prevent the arrest of follower Ruth Ann Morehouse. He would get a misdemeanor with three additional years of his probation. In July 68, Manson and family members were traveling to LA with permission from Smith. They crashed a bush in a, their bus in a ditch and were found sleeping naked by police. Manson's newborn child was also with them. They avoided prosecution this time, but soon after, Manson was arrested on drug charges, released days later. The Manson family cult developed into a doomsday cult with Manson fixated on the idea of immediate apocalyptic race war between African Americans and white Americans. Being a white supremacist, Manson explained to the family the African Americans will rise up and kill all whites except for Manson and the family. But to survive, they needed a white leader. Manson would now be their master. Late 1968, to refer to his upcoming war, Manson used the term Helter Skelter, taken from the Beatles song. Early August 1969, some members of the family committed murders in LA. The family gained notoriety nationally after the murder of actress Sharon Tate and four others in Tate's home on August 8th and 9th, and of Leno and Rosemary LeBianca the next day. Tex Watson and three others of the family committed the Tate LeBanca murders allegedly from the instructions of Manson. Later at trial, it was accepted Manson didn't order the murders as such, but his behavior warranted a conviction of first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. Evidence would point to Manson's race war killing those he thought were pigs. Family members also were responsible for assaults, thefts, crimes and attempted assassination of President Ford in Sacramento by Squeaky. The state of California tried Manson for the murders of Tate and LaBianca, 
with co-defendants Leslie Van Houten, Susan Atkins and Patricia Krenwinkel. Tex Watson was tried later after being extradited from Texas. July 15, 1970, the trial began. July 24, the first day of testimony, Manson appeared in court with an X carved into his forehead. He didn't speak, instead his followers announced, I have X'd myself from your world. The very next day, Houghton, Atkins and Krenwickel appeared in court with an X carved into their foreheads. Members not arrested camped outside the courthouse, holding a vigil on the street corner as they couldn't be in court due to uh, disruption. Other members carved crosses in their heads. Some members showed up on saffron robes to the trial. They would declare if Manson was convicted, they would immolate themselves or death by burning. It was done in protest in Vietnam by monks and nuns against the war. The state had dozens of witnesses in the trial, but their main one was Linda Casabian, who was present at the Tate murders. She was able to give graphic details of the event. The day after the Tate murders, Linda testified she was in the car with Manson, and according to her, he ordered the Labanka killings. Linda spent days testifying and being cross-examined. Once done, Linda went into hiding for 40 years. August 1970, President Nixon spoke to reporters, saying he believed Manson was guilty of the murders and this was obviously worthy news to run. Manson got a copy of this newspaper which, with such a headline and showing it to the jury. His attorneys called a mistrial, arguing their client killed fewer than Nixon's war machine in Vietnam. The jury was polled. If they saw the headlines and if they were affected their ability to make an independent decision. All jurors confirmed they could still decide independently. Atkins, Kremwickle and Von Houten began chanting, quote, Nixon says we are guilty, so why go on, end quote. They were quickly removed from the courtroom. October 5th, 1970, Manson tried to attack the judge when the jury was in the room. Manson first threatened the judge verbally, and then he jumped over the table with a sharp pencil heading for the judge. He was restrained before getting to the judge. As he was being carried out, Manson yelled that someone should cut off the judge's head. The female defendant started the chanting in Latin. From that day on, the judge took a .38 caliber pistol to trial. November 16, 1970, the state rested after presenting 22 weeks worth of evidence. Now the defence turned, the courtroom was shocked to hear no witnesses and that they too rested their case. Right after this, the female defendants demanded to testify. In chambers, the attorneys advised they opposed their clients testifying. The next day, Manson announced he wanted to testify. Manson was allowed to testify outside the presence of the jury. My opening to this episode was his statement. Once done, the judge said to Manson he could testify to the jury, which he declined, and he told the female defendants they did not need to testify either. November 30th, 1970, closing arguments. Leslie Von Houghton's lawyer, Ronald Hughes, didn't appear. He would be found dead in a state park. 
He was so badly decomposed it was impossible to determine cause of death or time of death. Hughes was known to have disagreed with Manson in the trial, taking the stance his client should not claim Manson had no involvement with the murders. Rumours swirled that Hughes may have been killed by the Manson family. January 25, 1971, Manson, Cremwickle and Atkins were found guilty of first-degree murder in all seven killings of Tate and LaBanca. Van Houten was found guilty of first-degree murder in the LaBanca killings. A separate hearing in front of the same jury was held to determine sentence of death. Each of the three female defendants took to the stand. They gave graphic details of the murder and said Manson was not involved. They would claim they did the crimes to help family member Bobby Bosley get out of jail where he was being held for the murder of Gary Hinman. Their aim was for the Tate LaBanca murders to be a copycat crime similar to Hinman's murder. The women claimed they did this under the direction of Linda Casaban, the state's prime witness. The three women did not express remorse for what they had done. March 4, 1971, at the hearings, Manson appeared with a shaved head and his beard trimmed into a fork. He would announce, I am the devil and the devil always has a bald head. March 29, the jury sentenced the four to death. All female defendants now had their heads shaved like Manson. After the hearing, Atkins yelled, quote, better lock your doors and watch your kids, end quote. The Manson murder trial was the longest in US history when it happened, lasting nine and a half months. The jury was sequestered for 225 days, longer than any jury before it. So Manson went to state prison April 22nd, 1971, for seven counts of first degree murder and one count conspiracy to commit murder. In 1972, the death penalty was ruled unconstitutional, so Manson was resentenced to life with possibility of parole. December 13, 1971, Manson was convicted of first-degree murder in, the L in L.A. for the death of Gary Hinman back in July 1969. Manson's first parole hearing was November 16, 1978. His petition was rejected. In the 80s, Manson gave four interviews. From the first interview, Manson's forehead had a swastika where the X was carved during the trial. September 25, 1984, Manson was imprisoned in California Medical Facility when an inmate, John Helmstrom, poured paint thinner on him and set him on fire, causing second and third degree burns over 20% of his body. Helmstrom said Manson objected to his Har Krishna chants and verbally threatened him. After 1989, Manson was housed in the Protective Housing Unit at California State Prison. The unit housed those whose safety endangered the general population housing. June 1997, a prison disciplinary committee found Manson had been trafficking drugs, and a month later he was moved to Pelican Bay State Prison. January 1st, 2017, at Corcoran Prison, Manson was rushed to hospital because he had gastrointestinal bleeding. According to reports, he was too weak for surgery, so he was sent back January 6th to prison. The nature of his treatment was not disclosed. He died of cardiac arrest from respiratory failure brought on by colon cancer 
on November 19, 2017. Manson was cremated March 20, 2018. And that is the story of Charles Manson. Like and subscribe on my YouTube channel or podcast and join me next time for the story of Judith Hemendinger, an Israeli researcher and author specializing in child survivors of the Holocaust. In World War II, she was a social worker and refuge counselor for the OSE, a French Jewish children's aid in Geneva. From 1945 until 1947, she directed a home for child survivors from Buchenwald in France. Until then, this was the good, the bad and the pure evil.